The following podcast is rated I for intellectual. It contains jargonistic terminology that might be too stimulating for some listeners. Topics discussed are approached with an emphasis towards educational fair use. Critical thinking is advised. Welcome to Special Topics in Media, podcast where we examine popular culture one artifact at a time. Dr. Eric Castleberry, Professor of Media Production and Communication at Mid-America Christian University. And I am joined in this film listology season of special topics by Scott McMurray, uh, 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 Filmatic Quantoid Delight. Scott, how are you doing today? I don't even know what you said there, but I'm going to choose to interpret it as a compliment. That is, uh, it's called improv, my friend, and uh, (laughs) it's a... It can both uh, be your best friend and worst enemy, yeah. and maybe both at the same time. So, what well, we are we are counting down to the mid '90s point in our uh, o- odyssey, known as this film listology season, it's a season where we're take we're compiling numerous uh, eclectic combinations of top film lists, uh, both uh, objectively. Uh, quantified and then subjectively of course as as great art criticism does uh uh uh, piecemealed together and then and then you have formalized this into a a strategy that we are examining of course i uh i'm blind to these mostly uh, until we do our reveal episodes which we're on the eve of but before we get to that next reveal episode and and i'm so excited for it we have one more film that is coming in at number 96 on the the list that uh you you curated for us and this is you just told me our first foreign language film to uh discuss and uh, not the first foreign language film we've talked about on special topics but the first on our film listology and even though uh, technically the good the bad and the ugly uh, the actors, many of them, were not speaking English. It was released in the United States as an English language film, and this one was not. This is this was released in France in French. We are talking about one of the great film years with this selection, oh, and yeah. we won't have a lot of time to get into the actual year and, and what it what it offered. But 1939, a special year in film history, and we're going to be looking at uh, Jean Renoir's. Uh, or Jean, Jean Renoir's The Rules of the Game. Uh, The Rules of the Game is highly touted as one of the greatest films ever made. You cannot escape this moniker. People attach it to the film left and right, left and right. And yet, this this can be a difficult film to penetrate at a casual movie-going effort. Is that fair to say? I think this is a film that's going to get right at the heart of what we're doing here, and that is taking the agreed-upon canon of film, and not just from one source, but from many sources, uh, all of whom agree this one is one of the top 100, and some put it a lot higher, and looking at how that can even operate in today's culture. This is one that, I don't know, I don't know how you're going to feel about it. I feel like maybe there's some challenges here to overcome, and not just not just the language. We're all comfortable now with subtitles. I think mm-hmm. I'm like well, a lot of people. Increasing norm for yeah, people I, to have their subtitles going during yeah, TV, even, movies, whatever. Even English language films. Uh, it's it's not unusual. I've noticed even with much younger people, it's not a hearing thing. 
it's the fact that we absorb movies in the middle of our daily lives. And so a lot of people watch with with subtitles on for everything. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of the – I would also point to an irony there because a lot of people have that second screen going mm-hmm. during their during their media watching these days. And, and I'm you, you, to have the second screen occupying sometimes your primary attention, you, the, the – the large screen, the 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 filmic or televisual mm-hmm. screen, kind of becomes the background noise, the Almost. ambient, the ambient sound, while your while your mind's kind of probably processing the you know the data in your hand or something like that or in your lap. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's talk about the rules of the game. This uh, it is worth noting. I know you're you're trying to be helpful before, but we both come at this from a similar place. <laughs> Yes, uh, we we each I don't want to put words in your mouth, but we, uh, we're exposed to this film through uh, a graduate school film course. Yes, I mean you're where you're told, uh, you know, it, it was it, homework. Yeah, uh, where you're told these are the great films, and that comes very much from a critical academic perspective. Mm-hmm. And um, this is one of those that is now in current academic circles or at least in the in the past few decades is one that everybody says you've got to watch and the, and one that you probably have never seen but if you, you grow up in Oklahoma uh, the, mm-hmm. that you've never seen it's not something that's going to show up on TV you have to it's not something that's available can um, only imagine if certain Oklahomans would would seek to like bar this this movie from um, from <laughs> yes. availability to well them. if yeah if they could see it they would so. uh, well <laughs> And, and and so for for heaven, let's let's pull the curtain back a little bit and talk talk about it. This is a film at its core about class. This, yes. is, a, this is kind of a class critique. Mm-hmm. It is alleged to be in so many ways a social critique about a uh, political climate in Europe in the early mid twentieth century sure. on the eve on the cusp of, of war of war on World War Two mm-hmm. and. Uh, and the whole and conceived movie conceived of in right, that same period. The, the whole movie is centered around meeting of some haute bourgeoisie, right? The the, sure. oh, the upper is... upper middle class or, or upper class of the French society, uh, including a real live is it a count that's the uh, that's the actual member of aristocracy, but all these people that are around him uh, that are famous or rich or connected. Uh, having you know their fancy party in the country over mm-hmm. a weekend, and mm-hmm. that th- that is that's the containing scene for for everything that happens here, and and they they act according to these rules that uh, th- this is the irony of the or maybe the the overt meaning of the title is that uh, Renoir wants to say these people are controlled by social rules. They mm-hmm. have to act mm-hmm. certain ways toward each other, and uh, and it leads them to be uh, very inauthentic sometimes. It, these rules tend to be hypocritical. Hypocritical. Hypocritical, yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, um, the, the, as, as many French films do, it is it, it's kind of... Uh, it it languishes the the, the sense mm-hmm. of kind of pacing. It is very dialogue driven, you know, and you know for its age, that's that's accurate. But um, it, it's a movie about relationships, and yeah. um, it's a movie about, quite frankly, uh, the the kind of the the taboo of infidelity and the the kind of uh, mm-hmm. double mindedness of 
of really all classes, but especially the upper class, to um, to kind of practice certain rules in the daylight and and then and kind of live by other ones. At, many a, after many hours. of these characters may be giving lip service to the fact that you shouldn't be unfaithful to your spouse, and yet they are all practicing it. They're just trading partners in in a lot of sense, and they're doing it in a in a way that's often deceptive and yet pretty broadly known in this circle of people. The film certainly predates uh, free love as, yeah. as this kind of American expression in the 1960s you know, or whatever, and it, itself a, a kind of more of a, this, these cultural movements that, that kind of stir up and then regress, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that all things happen in patterns and cycles, and this is a film full of them. Well, this is the, the complicated aspect of this. I, I used the term homework earlier in the middle of your sentence. Uh, <laughs> this movie is homework. Uh, in graduate school, it was homework to to watch and then revisit. I through being taught how to appreciate it, I in my headspace fell in love with the idea of it, mm-hmm. and uh, and have since kept kept a you know a very soft spot for it. And then all these years later, I even own a copy, uh, Criterion Blu-ray. Right, it's been released. Yep. At least three minimum yeah, so three times by Criterion yeah. right? DVD Blu-ray and then recently four K UHD four K yeah and and yet I, I joked in in one of our other uh, spar maybe when you released the title yeah, mine was still in the shrink wrap right still <laughs> I never opened yes. it but th- that's exactly why I procured it like yeah. for this type of occasion and um, so I pre then I appreciated the opportunity like okay now finally I'm going to get back and enjoy this. I have I probably it took me like five sit downs to to take they this thing in. It. I um I don't I don't connect with its uh with its uh, uh, uh this movie doesn't connect with me. Okay, well and, okay, I, and yeah. here's the crazy thing: okay, I love well, a good manner yeah. movie. This is yeah, a, it, this it's a French a, manner it's movie. A, this you're, is, it, to be tempted kind of to a, say a a. Uh, a comedy of manners, right? But it's mm-hmm. not. It's 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 more dramatic than that. They're real losers, including probably the, the person who's closest to being a protagonist gets killed at the end of this movie through a mistake, through a misidentification. Well, and but some of the the ways mm-hmm. in which French films and which characters act mm-hmm. is just kind of preposterous. So yeah. there's a there's a it's more closer to stage play mm-hmm. um, performance in this, and it's not very actively so. The hard part is I know since then, you know, what what you want to recognize is a film like this is foundational. Yeah. It, it forms a, a tier upon which things will grow and be influenced over time. But this film, you know, but that is to say, I feel like later films play with these themes in a much mm-hmm. more aesthetically exciting and, 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 and soothing and, and, and suggestive and should, entertaining ways. Maybe she approach it this way. You know, why is this? Why is this something that's considered foundational in film school? At least, absolutely. You know, in the past, well, there are there are couple of key there things. are some technical yes. Uh, there's some technical things here that are very admirable. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's up. also a kind of approach to storytelling in film that's different and admirable for for 1939 sure, sure. that you're talking about there. Let's quickly but, list some of those in okay. our listology yeah. season. The, the number one thing that um, not just so I screened the film twice in preparation here. I even watched a, no, listened to a full, complete Peter Bogdanovich audio commentary. Oh, uh, against the film. The, really. yeah. yeah, against the film, mm-hmm. in which he is not offering his commentary, but reading. He's performing a full film-length mm-hmm. reading of other uh 
critis- film criticism well, writ writings you know, on the Bogdanovich film itself. Bogdanovich is quite the scholar, mm-hmm, you know, not mm-hmm. just a film director. And which was soothing, you know, mm-hmm. and in in many ways, but it what I what I what I gleaned from that experience was this is this movie's about formalism. This is a formally executed film, and that folds well nice into its kind of mm-hmm. class, high society, but also a kind of high low class right. um, situation. Um yeah, there's the there, there's a juxtaposition of class. There's a juxtaposition of manners versus real motivation of gender. Yeah, you know, and and of gender mm-hmm. and of uh, behavior as yeah. well. And so all those things, you know, there's this intricate, almost like Moliere, right? There's mm-hmm. a, there's this intricate interplay of all these things in the narrative, and there's well, maybe we should mention the 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 technical things. Two yeah. two key technical yeah. things that are, that were valuable to mention. Deep focus, deep focus, and this yeah. precedes Citizen Kane, so I guess yeah. it gets the it gets the check it mark is. there yeah. by preceding, yeah. and, and just in terms of a a, a grand film, um, yeah, that yeah. Uh, that achieved great uh, execution through deep focus and deep focus allowing both the foreground right. and the background to remain right. in focus. If, if listeners are and less, so the, less often, of, the critics talk about the way this contributes to the social irony because we can see how everyone is behaving. Even even when uh, even when their words indicate something else, we can see in the background who's flirting with who. You know, I think this film is at its best when we do have a lot of commotion on screen mm -hmm. when we're executing the deep focus. I think Mm -hmm. in the limited sequences between maybe only two characters or just a couple Mm -hmm. of maybe two three characters, I'm I'm less interested because it's so these these moments are stoic. And then again, I put that against the the stiltedness of. I mean, the acting pedigree of these performers, including Renoir himself, himself yeah, as yeah. as uh, Octave. Yeah, uh, this, and, this and kind of uh, the, critics have have been generally this actually liminal figure pretty kind to him. Uh, you know, you always suspect maybe a little bit of hubris when the director insists on taking pro- one of the lo- biggest speaking roles with the most screen time is that of Octave, sort of the avuncular, sometimes humorous, Randy sort of. Uh, character who connects all these together you know we we see that even today though with with maybe maybe uh, uh actor director actors like taika waititi yeah he did this yeah. in jojo rabbit yeah. um and although a supporting character clearly the dominant presence on screen mm-hmm. when when he did appear as that character um but um you know this uh, octa I, I don't want to get into heavy we we really don't have yeah. time to to get into the character by character breakdown and what's going on there also i Every time I revisit, I'm just so. A lot of these people there, it's almost uh, things get compressed. Yeah. And other than uh, Octave, some of these characters they just kind of look the same. And maybe that's part of the the cla- the you know societal critique is yeah. is just like there's a lot of homogenized presence on screen, and that. Th- th- I just find th- when you consider this film well. is uh, right on the eve of and, you know France will be in the war before we are. It's right on the eve of entering World War Two. And uh, it's a critique of how they yeah, practice politics. It's in, it's in it's a critique, and yet the characters are just they're self absorbed. They're insufferable, right? Uh, their 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 concerns seem petty. They seem profligate. Uh, the the famous scene that will always be mentioned is the hunting the scene hunting of the rabbit, where we they're basically they're using that of, uh, as an occasion. Animals. They're using it as an occasion to to interact with each other socially and just sort of killing wantonly, wantonly for no particular mm-hmm. reason mm-hmm. Uh, as part of their sport. It's not 
because they need those. Ra- they don't want to eat those rabbits. And and he rabbits really, would be like the lower class food. For, I, I some, guess. Yeah, it's parts. just they mainly want to keep poachers someone. off of their land, and mm-hmm. so they're going to get rid of the well, the sport the of it, right? The game, yeah. the game, gamesmanship itself. Mm-hmm. And as as you mentioned, this is a, a film that that by establishing so many um, so many. Uh, individuals living double standards that it is, is setting up a sense of tragedy by film's end. We won't get into all that today. And uh, again, maybe a longer conversation can be had. I, at some I know point. you usually ask me questions at this point, like where you're trying to determine your, I've got three. Okay. I want to ask you yeah. really quick, three oh, questions. You're gonna ask okay. Me. All right. Okay. Um, uh, you've already, we've already talking, talked about what makes, takes it technically superior, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it technically superior in any way to Citizen Kane, which follows it two years later? No. no. Um, um, and but I, let, let me. I didn't mention the other major technical oh, okay, achievement yeah. of this. And let me. So in, let me allow me to interject. Yeah. Use of dolly. Yeah, uh, the, the, the dolly movement. movement to this. You know, in which in which in certain scenes, especially the kind of ballroom scenes, right. the lavish interiors, like but also on a, the hunt, you yeah. see the roving camera, like yeah. this panning effect. That's not the camera turning. It's it's the camera gliding. So this gliding effect, something you, know, you think about the use of a gliding camera in Stanley mm-hmm. Kubrick's The Shining, another large man movie um, um, that that a lot of films are influenced by this so I, I think there's an entire subgenre uh, enough and over time we could we might consider the the, the manor movie mm-hmm. the mansion movie and and this would be one of those foundational films that, that establish that and in theory I do like a mansion movie mm-hmm. I just don't enjoy watching yeah. this movie I'm just confessing all right your, your um, second question second question um 1939, you've already said, was, a, you know, a great year for films. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me name four yes. films from that are coming out of the United States in the same year, sure. right? Gone with the Wind, <laughs> Stagecoach, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, and The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Do you think, yeah. because of the mass appeal of those kind of movies, do you think that's why this movie stands apart as the artistic choice and do you think that it's superior to any of those four movies? I I don't know about technically superior. I, I think I think film critics love to root for underdogs and they love to go you know counterculture to mainstream populist appeal films. I think mm-hmm. that that were uh, many are, are, are guilty of that, and and that's that that is right in line with that sort of sophisticated, mm-hmm. snobbish taste that that is yeah, of yeah. an era of French uh, uh, culture. In, it, in, at times, it may and in be places. that I you know, and I love foreign film, and I love I love classic film, and maybe this is a sign that I'm never going to graduate from beer to champagne. But I would rather watch any of those four than Rules of the Game. And and those those movies have gone on to influence just as much, if not. Far more mm-hmm. than than this one. It's funny you mentioned Gone with the Wind, another manor yeah, movie, another um, uh, a movie about manners, and, and certainly it adds some. I was even thinking about the genre and thinking about how Americanized ver- variations of that form tend to take on different themes. I'd say this: the manor movie is 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 very much a a cultural studies kind of genre, mm-hmm. right? They're they're they tend to highly emphasize. They tend to be structurally organized around 
issues of race, class, and gender yes. a, in certain yeah. ways. But uh, l- let me say this uh, to, to, to the film, maybe uh, in its favor. I, I appreciate all that. One of the things that brought me great relief, I was listening to several video essays. I'll try to uh, include a couple in um, in our show notes. But uh, I what happened was one short video ended and I was doing something and it just auto played the Mm -hmm. next video I hadn't Mm -hmm. queued up. And it happened to be a video essay of Martin Scorsese talking about a different Renoir movie, um, the river and, and his, his, during his just beautiful appreciation of that movie, he talked about how he had, he still has never been able to resonate with the rules of the game. It's like, Oh, finally someone of clout uh, can, can say this out loud and, and get away with that. I appreciate that. I appreciate Marty coming to the rescue here. That may obviate the need for my third question, which was, uh, do you think this is even one of Renoir's two best films? Maybe though. Uh, I, I, I didn't get a chance to go full deep dive into, to his, canon although i I feel like grand illusion is a superior film mm -hmm, and it was earlier mm -hmm, film mm -hmm. and maybe even uh bondu saved by drowning but that's uh okay safe from look at look at scott breaking out he's got a little little champagne in his flask after all uh it's 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 modello and and it's worthy to (laughs) suggest that uh renoir this is the son of the painter yes renoir and i would say that there's certainly a looming shadow and but what a career both both incredibly impactful voices in their respective mediums and, and mm-hmm. in the world of art and expression. Um, I I all I was on the verge at one point when I was when I could not get through the film in a single mm-hmm. sitting after like four tries. I was really getting down on myself for it. I I was contemplating if 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 a if a if a zero was uh was ready to expose itself to to form here has this movie mm-hmm. regressed and then i still like the fact that it's remaining on all of these these mm-hmm. like teaching lists and film school lists and all the videographic evidence i can, i found out there yes, i know i'm i'm going to give it a 1 okay i'm going to give this film a 1 and i'm going to say this one is purely based on all of the 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 kind of you know the inner circle, the structural circles um, of 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 pedagogy and the like, and, and and I get it, and you're the expert, and I trust your opinion. I, uh, if it had been me, I would have been tempted by that zero on this one because attitudes toward women we haven't even talked about. Gosh, I, yeah. you just can't really bring that forward. It's it's hard for me. I think this is a film. I think we're both saying one thing that's the same. This film's a little bit overrated. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. I feel that that is a statement that I'm willing to stick behind. Well, all right. Well, with that being said, let's let's just wrap this episode up. Okay. We we're on a tight schedule today, and um, oh, we, we want to keep it brief. But uh, there's plenty more. You know what? If folks have divergent opinions, reach out, connect, uh, send us those critiques and criticisms. We might revisit the film and under under a different lens. But uh, this this movie was homework then when I was introduced to it. It's home, it was homework now just to get, and get now through it's your it again. Homework. And uh, we challenge, we challenge that to, to yeah. We, uh, I can only imagine if I assigned it to students today. I, I don't think, uh, I think that would be my final class to teach. Well, Scott's been great talking to you, and uh, this is exciting. I, I'm ready to hear our next list, and that's going to be coming up on this film nostalgy season of Special Topics in Media. Special Topics in Media is presented in cooperation with the Communication, Media, and Ethics Program at Mid America Christian University. Special Topics is written and produced by Garrett Castleberry. Executive Advisor, Scott McMurray. 
audio engineer and executive producer, Will McMurray. Graphic design by Allison Garner. And music composed by Austin Foster.